The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Monday, October 9th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome multiple award-nominated, fan-favorite, adult industry veteran performer, Ryan King. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so glad you were interested in being interviewed. I mean, you have been doing incredible work throughout the years in this game. You're you're going to be celebrating, I feel like, 10 years very soon in the industry, which is a big yeah. damn deal. So major uh, props yeah. to you. Like, you are, in my opinion, one of the hardest working men in the industry you're you're always in like so many scenes so i'm really glad to have you on so that i can pick your brain about uh your experiences in this industry yeah um i i love it you know um it's a it's a good industry to be in i've always i've always had good things to say about it you know um sure um I'm sure there's people that have had bad experiences, but I feel like for the most part, you know, most people I talk to in the industry, they, uh, they have good experiences and I, I've loved every second of it. And, uh, yeah, thank you. I, I try to be hardworking, you know, it's, uh, it's just like any other job. You gotta, uh, push yourself, you know, and Absolutely. I think that's important. I agree with you on that. Hardworking and very consistent. I feel like there are a lot of performers that get a lot of work, but they're not consistent with their work. I feel like you are a very consistent performer, and that's why you're getting a lot of that work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've just been very lucky. You know, my fans uh, really like me. Um, I'm not like a traditional male talent, I guess. Uh, I'm more like your average nerdy guy uh niche you know i don't have like the biggest dick in the industry or um but i have a lot of personality and i just uh yeah like uh zero in on those uh those easy stepbrother roles you know (laughs) yes we will be talking about all of that in a little bit but before we dive deep into the interview i typically like to start these one-on-one interviews by getting some unique stats out of the way what's your height and weight Mm -hmm. i'm 511 and my weight is 145 what's your ethnic oh sorry go ahead continue oh i was just gonna say i'm like uh thin framed you know like kind of like the the skinny skinny boy (laughs) what's your ethnic background uh, I am German and French, um, pretty much just a European mutt, you know, like I, I have like, uh, Italian and Spanish, uh, English, Scandinavian, I think too. Um, but yeah, mostly German and French. What's your Zodiac sign? I am a cancer. And how old are you? <laughs> I'm uh 32. All right. Let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Las Vegas. Okay, awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Were you were you close to the strip growing up? Uh no. Um 
you know, there's a like a suburb called Henderson um, that I, I grew up in. My dad grew up there actually uh, in the '50s, so uh, I've been. My family's been been there for a while. That's what's up, man. All right, what was life like growing up for you uh, in Vegas? What was young Ryan King like? Uh, you know, um, I had a great childhood. Um, my my parents are great. My family is very supportive. You know, um, uh, my dad owned his own business. You know, so we were like, like the upper middle class. Um, did did very well. They took us on vacations and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, growing I guess like high school age. I want to say, um, Las Vegas is kind of you know like LA. Um, a little bit of like. Uh, like fakeness i want to say like uh phony culture you know just like it's very money driven and like um that yeah there was a lot of like partying and uh, that sort of thing it just it's not exactly um ideal i guess for like teenage youth um just because of the culture you know but uh but yeah so i got into a little bit of that you know i was uh I was a bit of a rule breaker, you know, I didn't get into porn because I like to, uh, do what I'm told. So, uh, so there was a lot of that, um, which I think is not good, you know, um, but besides that, it's a great place. Uh, there's a lot of like outdoor, um, you know, uh, activities like there's the lake and red rock, a lot of, uh, like mountains to go hiking in and, uh, Mount Charleston, has snow every year, so you go snowboarding. Um, you know, there's just a lot to do that people don't know about, you know. What was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry? Um, well, uh, so I can talk about this now because it's been long enough. Uh, I actually uh, sold weed in college, right? So <laughs> uh, I think it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, this was right before dispensaries were opening in, uh, Vegas. So it was still pretty illegal in Nevada, but very legal in California. So I would just drive up to Fresno. I knew some buddies that, uh, were in the growing business. So I kind of like, you know, had an in and just completely exploited that. I would, I would pick up pounds of weed and, and drive back to, Vegas and uh, made a bunch of money for a couple of years, but obviously that was unsustainable. Uh, I got into a little bit of trouble for it, and uh, yeah, I always thought, hey, I I still have some morals. Like I only sold weed, I never sold any other kind of drugs. But yeah, that was a a problem. So I had to like grow up and you know uh, become a contributing member to society and. Um, I found myself like busting tables at fucking Red Robin, you know, like Boogie Nights. I was just like completely miserable, like new starting out job and, uh, you know, just working my way up from the bottom and, uh, you know, it's tough to be a, a younger person in that position. Um, so I was like looking for a quick way to, <laughs> you know, make, make more money essentially, but. I found the adult industry and, uh, I loved it, you know, and, uh, 
I excelled at it. A lot of people can't do it. So I just, you know, found something I was good at and I didn't listen to anybody that told me it wasn't a good idea and uh, just went for it. All right. Well, let's talk about it. How did you <laughs> enter the business? I mean, let, let's let's get into it. Um, okay. Well, um, my ex-girlfriend at the time, um, we started making Vine videos, right? So I had a lot of free time being... Shout uh, out to Vine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shows my age, right? Um, just I like having a lot of free time, you know, being a, in college age, like selling weed and fucking hanging out at my house. Um, me and my girlfriend just w- would uh, have a lot of sex. And then so we were making these like short little, uh, what it will do. Yeah, all Vine videos are short, short little clips of, uh, you know, us doing sexual things and our accounts would just blow up, you know, and that was right when they started cracking down on that. So they would delete us and then like overnight we would have 10,000 followers and uh, we just knew that we, uh, there was something special there, you know, like um, we could, we could monetize that. So she knew how kind of the industry work. She was in modeling when she was in high school. So she um, reached out to some agents and then, you know, we drove out to LA and then I was in the backseat of an agent's car picking girls up from porn shoots. And I was kind of uh, a little starstruck and like, you know, I was a 23 year old kid. I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so she uh, she kind of showed me that whole side of it, and then um, she did a couple scenes, and uh, I don't think she liked it as much as we thought. You know, it was going to be more than it was somehow. But uh, plus, you know, I didn't like it because I'm dating this girl, and like I don't want her fucking other guys. Uh, you know, now I'm into it. Don't worry. But but at the time, I was still kind of new to all of this. Um, so anyways, fast forward, I decided I wanted to do it. And, uh, so, and I remember there was this moment too, where the agent I'm driving around LA and the, the porn agent is, uh, talking to me and he's, I'm like, Hey, I want to do this. You know, like, how do I, uh, like, do, do you guys ever film the model's girl, uh, boyfriend? And he laughed at me, you know, he was like, ha ha, which, I don't blame him now being in the position I'm in, I would have done this. I would have said the same thing, but he, he said like, yeah, right, kid. We're not going to risk a, you know, $10,000 production because some guy can't get his dick hard trying to fuck his girlfriend on camera. And I remember thinking like, man, what an asshole, like, fuck you. Uh, and it kind of lit a fire under my ass to, to like prove him wrong, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I, I made a Twitter. I got some professional pictures taken, and uh, I just wrote that I w- was an aspiring porn star. And then um, I got lucky enough; somebody reached out to me that created a new agency. So I think just the timing of that um, Twitter was more in its infancy, you know, and um, everyone was doing the XXX thing. So it was kind of like you could just create a Twitter and slap XXX on it and you were like in the industry, you know, it wasn't, uh, of course I had to prove myself. So I got that first shoot and, um, I killed it and the rest is history. 
you know, a, a year later too, I saw that uh, same agent at AVN after having performed with all of his girls, you know, and I got to like shake his hand and be like, remember when you said I, you would never risk a production on me? Well, now I'm, now I'm in the industry. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I had that, uh, like, uh, fuck you. I told you so moment. And that was, that was a good moment for me. <laughs> I love it. Very nice. All right. So, before Vine, and I'll be honest, I had no idea there was a dirty side to Vine. But I guess there's always oh, a dirty yeah. side to everything. But um, So shout out to the Naughty Vines out there. But um, okay, so before that, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to experience, to work in, to try? I mean, I guess I don't think I ever really thought about it until until that period of my life. Uh, I mean, I started watching porn when I was eight, so I think that was too young. <laughs> uh, like, you know, I would, I'm going to make sure that my, my kids, um, I'm like w- way more uh, strict about it. Uh, but that that's how it was, you know, in the wild west of the internet in the 90s. And uh, yeah, so I think um, just as a young uh boy you know like a teenage boy i uh watched probably the same amount of porn as as everybody else you know it wasn't like uh, uh i don't know I, di- I didn't focus on it or it wasn't uh i wasn't obsessed with it or anything like it was i i never thought it would be a part of my life like it is although it was a, a, a cool moment for me though uh like watching certain brands you know like we lived together um, and then like being in the office at reality Kings, like about to shoot and thinking like, Oh wow. The same girls that I watched in that video that I remember, whatever that first lesbian porn that I watched or something like they sat on this same couch in this same office, you know, so that, uh, but yeah, I, I guess I don't think I really started thinking about it until I was you know, already, already an adult, like in college following other performers too. I know I followed Belle Knox's story and I really liked, uh, I just thought she was really cute. So I kind of started stalking her a little bit, you know, like, um, but yeah, again, that was, that was much later. (laughs) In total, how long have you been in the adult industry? Well, I am coming up on 10 years. Um, it would have been in 2014. Uh, yeah, the end of 2014 was, was when I was driving around with that agent. So I think my first scene was actually um, February of 2015. So, yeah, I guess uh, I'm almost there. Yeah, away. almost at nine years, so about eight and a half mm-hmm. years, a little yeah. over. Yeah, that's what's up. Awesome, man. Now let's talk about your performer name. I feel like mm-hmm. a name in the industry is important. You got to pick the right name. Sometimes people fall into their name. Sometimes people have, you know, the idea from the beginning about what their performer name is. How did you come up with your performer name? Well, uh, that same agent, uh, he he uh, explained to my ex what what to do, and uh, he just said to go on GoDaddy, look at uh, open URLs. Uh, because you didn't want someone else getting control of your 
URL. Once you dropped your whatever name it was that you picked, uh, someone would scoop that up, you know, if uh, if you started making noise. And uh, so th that was like the first step, right, was to buy the domain name, uh, find, an, find an open URL. So that's why I spelled Ryan differently. Also, it's my favorite constellation. So, um, <laughs> of course, I would name my poor name after my favorite compilation because I'm a nerd, but uh, <laughs> that was that. And then, uh, oh, uh, I always tell this story. I w always wanted to be a king. Like, when my when my parents asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, uh, instead of saying, you know, I want to be a scientist or a firefighter, I told them, I want to be a king. <laughs> and they always got a kick out of telling me that story. So I uh, became a king, you know, in my own way. Yes, you did. I love it. <laughs> very, very nice. Now, let's go back in time. Let's go back 2015, and let's talk about that first time on a porn set in a porn shoot. What was that experience like for you? What was going on in your mind as someone that watched porn for years? Now you're there. You're about to do your first scene. What was that going on? Because shooting vines and that kind of stuff, those little clips, I mean, that was very different than being under the lights, the camera, and the action. So what Absolutely. was that experience like for you? Uh, I was just really nervous, you know. Um, and uh, it was in a hotel room. Thankfully, it was like a smaller, you know, like website. It was, uh, you know, I would have been... I feel for somebody who's like first seen as browsers or something, you know, like, uh, but yeah, I mean, my second scene was Hustler, I guess. And third scene was Reality Kings. I mean, I did, I did get thrown right into it, but, uh, yeah, just really nervous and, um, excited to be there. You know, um, I just knew if I could just get through that one scene, I was worried about, you know, popping early, um, being so young and like, you know, um, being excited about a new girl. And I was worried about, you know, my dick not being big enough or, um, but yeah, the girl kind of saw that I was a little nervous and she, um, like that first part, you know, when it's like, okay, boner time and everyone's staring at you and you're like, oh, fuck, this, the pressure's on. Um, she kind of like worked me through it, you know. She was she was awesome. Um, she just uh, I'm a touch person, right? My love language is touch, so to calm me down, really, I just need a woman to just touch me. Like what? Like it doesn't have to be sexual either. Just like touch my leg, my shoulder, my back of my neck, or something like. And and it really just relaxes me. And then I was able to, you know, get my dick hard. She like grabbed it to took it out and started sucking my dick and it was it was pretty easy after that <laughs> what do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes uh i love the attention um i also like that i can bring my energy to um a scene you know some some people go for like the it, you know and obviously everything's consensual but they go for the more like bully type you know or or dominant um, and there's not really a lot of like, uh, switch male, uh, males in the industry that can kind of be submissive and turn around and be dominant. Uh, 
so I just feel like my presence is is good for the industry. You know, like I can I can offer a character that that's uh, that's a little different, and it, it's I'm more I'm the sensitive guy, right? So it's like I feel like it's good um, to have that option, like because um, a lot of females don't like the really dominant uh, macho male. Uh, you know, I don't want to say toxic masculinity, but you know that that type of uh, vibe. So I'm very much opposed to that. Um, and yeah, so I think I think that uh, is good for you know the industry to have that uh, that option. When you're on a porn set, when you're about to do a porn shoot. What turns you on the most and what turns you off the most on set? Um, I like when the girl is just, like, uh, hardworking, you know, just, like, wants to get, like, I, li- I like people who are like me, like, talkers that can just kind of sit around and bullshit. But I also like when um, – girls are actually interested in making a good product, you know, like, um, some of the girls, especially the newer girls are kind of just in it for the money, you know, but you can really tell the people who, uh, are passionate about it. And, uh, that really sticks out to me. I really, I really like that. Um, uh, it's easier to feed off of them as actors. Um, you know, like, uh, I just, want them to take it seriously, you know? And so that, um, I really like, uh, being professional. Um, you know, I try and be professional and never expect obviously any sort of like, uh, extra attention after the scene or whatever, if they want to hang out or something, but it is nice once in a while when you get a girl that like actually likes you and like wants to hang out with you afterwards. Um, you know, I never pushed that because it would be wrong coming from me. But if the girl wants to hang out, then that's that's kind of cool. You know, I'm like, oh, she actually likes me because a girl acting will fool me every time I tell girls. I'm like, just lie to my penis because the penis believes everything it hears. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, I really like that. Turn off would be... Um, just when a girl, when I can just tell a girl doesn't like me, you know, like I would rather work with, uh, like an unpopular, sweet, not attractive girl than a fucking beautiful, popular bitch, you know, and just no offense to those type of humans. Of course, we're all made differently, but I just, um, yeah, I'm a cancer, so I, I really don't like when people don't like me. But, you know, I keep it professional. <laughs> Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Uh, vag, definitely. Um, I, I do anal scenes, um, you know, but the older I get, the less I think I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm so... It, Porn makes me so vanilla, you know, because we do all this crazy shit for for work. And then when I go home, I really just want, like, normal missionary fucking man blanket use sex, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I want kisses and cuddles, the things that I don't get on set. Um, 
because most guys are like butts or boobs, you know, and I always tell girls I like faces and vaginas, and I feel like uh, it somehow sets me apart from most men, but it's, it, but it seems like that's the way it should be, you know, like as a straight male, the most interesting, interesting thing to me is a girl's vagina, <laughs> but also, yeah, I just like boobs and, and butts don't do anything for me. I'm like a, a face guy. <laughs> that makes sense. In a scene, do you enjoy being rimmed? Yeah, it feels good. Um, the only problem with it is it's hard to capture on film, right? Because it, it's, it's so emasculating that it makes most guys feel uncomfortable. So there's like, you kind of have to like walk out the position beforehand so that you feel comfortable. Um, and then obviously, yeah, it's like somebody's asshole. Like, like, I'm like, if you, if the girl wants to do that, cool. Let me just like run to the bathroom and fucking baby wipe my, my fucking everything down there and make sure that I'm super immaculately clean. Uh, and then I feel comfortable letting a girl like my asshole. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera? And does that equate to your favorite position off camera? Um, yeah, it's missionary. Um, uh, I guess also the girl um, facing me, like cowgirl, regular cowgirl. Um, and that's the, that's the same on camera and off camera. And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the pop shot, the money shot, the cum shot. Where's your favorite place yeah. to shoot your load? Oh, inside the vagina, of course. <laughs> That's why I have two kids. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, it's the best feeling in the universe. I think there's something spiritual to that, you know, like, um, not to get, like, cheesy, but I've made that, like, spiritually I've made that a part of my life I just I remember experiencing that like my first um like love you know my high school sweetheart um just being like bound and determined she was one of those like I feel like half the population of girls it's harder for them to come you know especially with new guys um so uh it took me like a, a few months of us having sex to get, be able to get her to like get comfortable enough to have orgasms when, when we had sex. And then, then they would happen faster and faster. And then it, like, I realized like, Oh, cause we would time it, you know, with her cycle and whatnot, like there be certain times of the month where I could like safely come inside her. So we would, uh, we would try and like have that ultimate experience where we both come at the same time. And I do think it's, uh, it's just an awesome thing to experience, you know? And, uh, once it happened, I wanted to keep experiencing that <laughs> with new people. Uh, I, I do enjoy fucking strangers. So it's, uh, it's been fun. There's nothing like that. Like meeting a new person and then like orgasming together with them. It's, uh, it's a, it's a great way to get to know somebody. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) What do you attribute your longevity to? You've been in the industry for almost 10 years. You're coming up on year number nine. 
As I mentioned when I introduced you, and it's it's the truth, that you are an incredibly hardworking man in this industry. You consistently get a lot of work, and you are very consistent in your performances with all of the scene work that you do get. What do you attribute your longevity to? Why do you think you've been able to make it almost a decade? Well, you know, I tried to quit. Um, I fell in love with an, a new girl. She wasn't in the industry. Um, and it was kind of like at the height of my career, you know, it was a huge mistake uh, in hindsight, but um, I do feel like that that year break um, where I was managing a construction company and completely miserable, but uh, I needed that to like give me some perspective, you know, because I, it kind of was like being spoiled about the whole thing, you know, like I was getting all this attention and success and I like had the audacity to walk away from it. Um, and which I'm really lucky that I didn't, um, crash my whole career, but, uh, fortunately I, I was able to walk back in it after she left. Uh, and you know, when I discovered that I was throwing my life away for some girl that didn't even matter, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that I went through that experience, though, because uh, when I came back, I really crushed it because I was just so grateful to be back in the industry. And, um, you know, I, it was it was very easy for me. I have some having so much experience. It was very easy for me to just really like put my head down and, and uh, you know, just get in the grind. Since we're talking about you being in the industry for almost a decade, like, why do you think you clicked with your fans? Because you do have a, a good fan base that really is supportive of your journey mm-hmm. in this industry. Why do you think you clicked with your fans? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I have a lot of uh, gay fans, love my gay fans fucking shout out to my gay fans. <laughs> uh, they've really supported me. Um, you know, and I think me just being open to that, you know, like I've always loved, like, I don't care who watches my stuff or how, like I've put out a lot of solo content, you know, and, uh, and kind of, especially in the beginning gotten, uh, uh I got some, well, like, I don't know. I feel like it was, uh, I got made fun of by some of the other guys, you know, in the straight side of the industry. Uh, but I just kind of like knew that they were full shit, you know, just like, I never let them, uh, fuck with me. And I think just always being open, um, to like, all of my fan base and appreciating all of them and, uh, and engaging with them. Like never been afraid to, uh, engage with any of my, my, uh, fans online. And I just feel like they really appreciate that. So it's just been a, a really good mutual, um, beneficial relationship. So I think, I think that's why they've stayed loyal to me. And, uh, yeah, it's really, uh, made my career blossom. 
How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? How would you describe your performance style on camera? Um, that's a good. I would say um, I I edge right. So like the way that I stay hard, like I don't. You know, some guys will take a lot of medication. Different, they have a bunch of different things now um, to. help with that but i don't uh, i'm very afraid of uh you know i won't do anything to my testosterone because i don't want to lose it naturally um i don't you know there's guys that like uh there's this medication they like uh, inject directly into their penis like (laughs) never doing that um i just don't want to i like i said spiritually i'm really uh, love sex and I, I don't want to lose that in my personal life. So, um, even though being single for this last year, I haven't had much sex in my personal life. Uh, it's made me a better performer though. Uh, anyways, yeah, I, I just try and keep things in natural, you know? Um, and so I don't want to, uh, have to do any of uh, those, uh, things to get through it because then I'm afraid that it will, you know, degrade my performance over the years. Just staying healthy naturally, you know, uh, getting up, going running, um, uh, hiking, staying healthy, working out. um, It's really necessary, you know. (laughs) Speaking of performance style, in the time that you've been in the industry, has your style of fucking, has your style of performance, have, have you as a performer, have you evolved over the time that you've been in the industry from, you know, year one to now? How has it evolved? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do think uh, I have had fans um, tell me that, like, I fuck harder than um, – other people which you know like i don't ever want to like hurt the girls i'm always very uh sensitive and i like you know people don't see but in between the takes it's, we're always asking like are you okay does that hurt or do you feel comfortable um you know the so that's important but yeah i think maybe that like uh i don't know i'm i'm uh i don't know if i can uh come up with anything I don't really think I do do anything different really I mean uh yeah maybe that just um just trying to connect with the girl like when I do VR scenes you know there's this camera right in front of my face so it's uh, like a giant rig um and I can't even see the girls you know like as they're interacting with me because there's there's a (laughs) giant piece of equipment in the way uh, so I just kind of have to close my eyes and, and just, like, do everything third eye, you know, just, like, imagining them in space and, like, uh, feeling them, like, touching my dick and just really focusing on that. Um, and I think that comes across, you know, that there's still some sort of connection, even though it's very hard to actually pull that off. Um yeah, so that that would be, I guess, my style is that that sensu- sensuality that I uh, talked about. I mean, that that was the type of porn I watched before I was in porn, right? Like, 
sensual, the the X art, you know, uh, days when that was uh, the nubiles scenes and stuff like that. You just referenced something that I do want to go a little bit deeper in on, and that's VR porn. I want to talk mm-hmm. about I want to talk about with you like the process to making VR porn. I always find it interesting whenever I interview performers that have done it. You know, sometimes you know the the contraption can be very elaborate. Sometimes it's like a headpiece. Sometimes it's just literally something that is uh, you know over you know, your body that's, you know, you have to lay under. So I want to get mm-hmm. your experiences working in VR and what that is like. Um, well, in the earlier days, uh, the rig was uh, crazy. I mean, it was like hooked up uh, with fiber optic cables directly to like a server rack. You know, I mean, it was nuts, but now it's, technology's come a long way um that the the rig is like the apparatus is always getting smaller and smaller but still though even if it's just like the new canon um it's got this like dual eye uh so it's like two fish eye lenses that you like look into so it's about the size of a human head um and that being smaller than anything that's come before it um it's still, it's not even the size of it. It's like the positioning and the fact that it has a 180 wraparound, like the camera can see behind it, um, like not completely, but uh, like 120 degrees or whatever it is. It's like, um, so you, you have to put it on a special rig that like jets it out, you know, f- uh, forward like three feet so that you, um, uh, don't catch anything like behind you and so it's really just like even though it's getting smaller and it's getting easier in that sense um it's still where the thing has to be right because it has to be where my head should be and that just like pov is already hard enough because they do the same thing they like put the camera where my head should be so like when i'm doing a blow job i gotta like lean back and, like, it always makes these muscles in my inner thighs really sore because I'm just, like, pushing out my pelvis, you know, for a fucking 10-minute blowjob or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, the VR thing, it's it's just where the the camera has to be. And so it just, it just makes it very difficult. I can't move. Um, and I don't know. The fans don't want to see more than your dick anyways, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, so, yeah, it just just uh about it's just mainly like lay there and keep your dick hard you know that's the <laughs> uh, it's like a foot job scene you know <laughs> just lay there and keep your dick hard there you go all right so from vr let's go to pov what goes into making the perfect pov scene uh i guess it's the cuts um like like you want to go you there's less cut opportunities in POV so i mean you can film it in a way where you where you do have more um but it just like the challenge is is going as far as you can without cutting um and yeah you know just we we just table read as much as possible beforehand um so that it's kind of second nature like um if you have 
uh, script memorized, then you can start to uh, work on the nuances of your performance. You know, the like the hand gestures and the the things that you wouldn't be thinking about if you were trying to think about lines. So once you have that really like just muscle memory, then then you can uh, expand the art of the rest of your performance, you know. And uh, so, yeah, just the, as much practice as you can get before, like, the actual takes start rolling, it just makes everybody's life uh, easier. Um, so, yeah, that that's, I think, the most important part with POV, just being prepared. Throughout the time that you've been in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Now, I'm not necessarily looking for like a top 10, top 5, top 3 or anything like that. Just like names right. that are sort of popping into your mind right now as like, wow, that was that was a good scene right there. Uh, some of the ones recently, like Maddie Collins, uh, Aria Valencia, um, uh, Sophia Leone, you know, I, I, they really put me with top tier talent. I mean, uh, I've, and there's just been so many over the, you know, I think I'm up over, uh, I sh at least 1200. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been keeping track, but I'm well over a thousand scenes. So I'm, uh, I think it might actually be closer to 2000. I just don't want to claim that much and it'd actually be lower. But, uh, anyways, um, the, but but over the years, uh, I would say, like, people that stood out, Cherie DeVille is a huge one. She's just so, like, such a great performer, but also what she does in her personal life, you know, like, she was on Money Shot, and she, uh, like, stuck up for the industry, I felt like, in a, in a really important and, um, you know, like, uh, she knows, she, like, she knows her shit, like, politically not just uh not just as a as a performer uh but you know some big names i don't know katie morgan um, um sheena Ryder. i mean there's been a lot of really uh great performers over the years um yeah rochelle ryan you know like uh, uh there's a bunch the milfs seem to be you know like they they have more experience um but yeah, my my type uh, is more like a twenty five year old, you know, like petite girl next door type. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's my type. A brunette. <laughs> I also like redheads, and yeah. Now let's work on the power of manifestation. Who have you not worked with yet that you would love to do a scene with? Who's on your wish list um that is a good question who's on my wish list uh it well molly little was on my wish list uh but i worked with her and that was fucking awesome <laughs> um i'm trying to think i'd have to like find somebody honestly um i think there was a new girl on our website. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up really fast if I have time. Um, I'm just like drawing a blank. You know, I probably don't look at Twitter as much as people would think that I do. I remember coming back to a scene and uh, after the last moratorium, and the 
girl's like, you didn't look at Twitter for the for a whole week? And I'm like, hell no, we had a week off. Why would I look at Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was some new girl on the, on the website. I would have to... Oh, you know what? Uh, that Emma Bugs girl. Yeah, let's say let's put that out there. Just because she's so popular. Are there any individuals in the industry, whether they be in front of the camera or behind the camera, that you look up to? Are there any performers in the industry that inspire you with what you're trying to do in the business? I know it's a difficult kind of question to ask somebody who's almost a decade into the game, but um, yeah. even you know from when you were like initially starting out, you know, was there anyone? that, you know, you aspired to uh, go to the great heights that they had gone to or something like that? I don't know. Maybe, like, Riley Reed and uh, one of the plug or uh, Lana Rhodes. You know, what, what people are doing with podcasting, uh, branching out into mainstream. Oh, uh, um, what's her? Um, I'm not going to she changed her name, Chloe Cherry. Um, I don't know if she changed it again, but uh, just, like, so proud of that girl. She was the one that's in Euphoria. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, like, when we both, we both got in the industry at the same time, and, you know, like, we kind of had, like, a crush on each other, and we were at the cam house, and we would, like, fuck at, in, in the cam house, and... Um, we didn't do a scene together for a long time. We finally did. We did a couple scenes. Uh, we did, like, a Halloween scene. I just posted uh, something on my Instagram about it, actually. But, well, my, like, editing team helped me put it together. I don't know. But, uh, and then uh, we also did an anal scene. Um, that was pretty popular. But, yeah, then she, like, got a... I don't know, like a mainstream PR person or how she did it, but yeah, she like branched out. And I know a lot of the porn agents know, uh, have contacts in, in Hollywood, you know, like there'll be a background for like a, a Roman orgy scene or whatever, uh, which I would love to participate in. But <laughs> something like that, you know, like anything, any sort of branching out um, into mainstream, just like I'm so proud of my fellow performers, you know, it's uh because we're changing, like, society's perception of this whole thing, um, or at least I hope it's continuing in that direction. Um, the freedom of speech and, like, just sex workers are people, too, and, like, we don't, there shouldn't be some stigma like, oh, you took off your clothes and took pictures of yourself and put it on the Internet, so now you can never work in mainstream acting or something. It's like... I don't know. I, I I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you, and I feel like in an interesting way, OnlyFans is also helping change that perception as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about OnlyFans in a moment, but before we get into that, it's time for the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters might be curious to know the answer to, and that question is, how much is Ryan King packing? <laughs> like my dick? Of course. Uh, it's not actually like porn dick size. Uh, I mean, I'm above average. It's seven inches, but it's uh, 
you know, a lot of these guys are packing nine inch sticks and <laughs> um it's not it's not that big guys, but yeah, it's it's uh girls are happy with it. I tell you what, um I in the beginning I was a little more insecure about it. I mean, because I, I, I've straight up been told by companies, Your dick's not big enough, we won't hire you and I'm like, Hey, now now this affects my money, you know, but um now being where I'm at and um, you know, having a little bit more of a place uh, in the industry, I would not want my dick to be any bigger. Because, uh, I mean, mine already hurts girls, so I know it's like right on the edge of being too long and hitting their cervix. I mean, it always does hit their cervix, so <laughs> it's just not something I'm insecure about anymore. You know, like, I if I could wave a magic wand, I would not make my dick one inch bigger like hell no it's big enough earlier we talked about the pop shot so i want to ask you as a performer as a veteran performer in this industry do you do anything in particular to make sure that the pop shot is consistent that you know it looks good for the camera when it's time to do the money shot yeah i don't come the day of so like uh, i used to be able to you know um I wouldn't recommend telling this to anybody because if you can't get through a scene and then you say, oh, I, jer-. I mean, I had one guy, we did a boy, boy, girl, and he said that. He showed up, couldn't get his dick hard, and he's like, oh, sorry, I uh, fucked my, my girlfriend made me fuck her before I, I came to the scene. And I'm just like, dude, you're threatening everybody's livelihood, you know, so that you can get off one more fucking nut in the morning make your girlfriend not feel so bad that you're going to go fuck somebody else. I'm like, dude, grow up, you know, but, um, he was, I didn't say that, (laughs) but that was what I thought in my head, you know? Um, but yeah, so I, I used to be able to do that, like, uh, fuck my girlfriend in the morning and still go perform and it wasn't a problem, but now I'm getting a little, like when I hit 30, I realized I couldn't do that anymore. Like, so I, um, just have sex afterwards or jerk off afterwards, whatever. So yeah, that's it. Basically just don't jerk off the morning of that way. The load is bigger to, um, you know, if I can get at least 24 hours in between, uh, pops, then, then they're a lot bigger and they look, look better for camera. What I want to do now is sort of shift the tone of the interview a little bit and talk about some of the more serious issues in the industry. And, uh, the first question in this set is, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Yeah, there's no fluffers. There is not anybody on set that is paid to suck my dick. I have to jerk off, which I I like. I like that it's like that. You know, like um, this, like post Me Too era, which is good. Like, uh, there's just a lot more respect for female performers. So. I just never expect any sort of help. Uh, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to jerk off. I'm going to get ready and then we're going to perform, you know, but like sometimes girls are into me and they'll be like, Hey, do you want help? Um, and I'm like, Oh fuck yeah. You know, I'm like, thank you. Uh, but it's always just like a very pleasant interaction. And then sometimes girls just, uh, sit there and watch me struggle but you know (laughs) that's okay too no no um it's usually pretty quick process like they say 
you know, like cut, like get get a boner, and I, you know, sit there jerk off for a couple minutes, and it's it's no big deal. But yeah, everybody thinks there's fluffers, and that is definitely a fucking myth. I don't know if there ever were actually fluffers, but I've never fucking witnessed a fluffer in my life. Is there an aspect of the adult industry that you do not enjoy? Um, I guess just, like, how much social media we're uh, required to do. I I mean, I genuinely like Twitter, you know, um, but, I don't know, Instagram, some of these other platforms, um, it's just, it's work to me, you know, it's not, like, some people enjoy it and I, I that's not a fun part for me you know like some people like video editing and I don't I have to do it for work and so I do but um, yeah that's just how I feel about it personally in your opinion is there any competition amongst performers in the industry oh absolutely um, there shouldn't be right it's not a one-some game uh, it, there's there's room for, I mean, I guess I can't say everybody. There's not room for everybody to have success, but there's room for most, you know, hardworking, genuinely attractive people to to uh, that that are also socialized <laughs> to to get plenty of work. It's like not. Um, it just it just takes a lot of effort and uh, patience because you have to build your career and consistency because. Just when it seems like, you know, everything's falling apart or or maybe you were forgotten about or something, like, then it's the next uh, surge in your career. You know, just just staying patient and having faith um, to just, just believe in yourself, you know, and that that's what's going to make you stand out and, uh, and that's what's going to make you successful. Because what's not going to make you successful is going on Twitter and complaining about whoever or whatever, um, you know, directors and producers go on there. They don't want to see that shit. Like, uh, not not saying that like you don't have a safe space to express yourself. You know, like I I love Twitter for that. Um, again, I'm a huge freedom of speech person, so like, there's balance to it. You know, like, yeah, you should be able to express yourself, but there. I definitely see, you know, people, both men and women, to just, like, attacking their, their fellow performers, you know, and it sucks. It's like we should be standing together and, and making community, you know. Um, I love it when there's, like, porn karaoke or uh, porn bowling or something. It's like, you know, uh, content trade or... Uh, uh, what is what is it they do like the clothing uh, meetups and stuff it's like that type of stuff is awesome like we need more of that more community in the industry and less you know attacking each other for for dumb shit because um, like you don't you don't know you know you weren't you're not in this person's life uh, yeah you're leading me right into my next question because I did want to ask you about that you know, the social media call-outs, as well as using social media for cancel culture in 
the mm-hmm. industry. I, I want to get your take on that because it has been happening a lot. And while I do feel like this is just someone, this is like my perspective as someone on the outside looking in, I do feel yeah. like if it's someone, you know, if it's if it's a trash human doing trashy things to people, whether it's like, you know, physical violence, sexual violence, psychological abuse, like any of that kind of stuff, call the person out, drag their name through the filth and all that kind of stuff. Like if yeah. if something yeah. like that happened, I do feel like social media is very beneficial because it makes people aware of what happened. And if you have proof and evidence and you post all that stuff, like all of that stuff allows people to know who the trash is in the industry. Because I feel like whomever you are, if you are a trash human, you should not be in the industry. But I find the petty stuff like, you know, this person was late or... You know, we decided on um, this and the other and they canceled, like calling out for like things that you can, as a human, reach out privately to that other human about. Like, I feel like that kind of high school, you know, cliquish, you know, um, uh, I, you, you did a, a, the tiniest, smallest thing to me. So now I'm going to get my legion of fans to burn you to the ground. I find that yeah. completely unnecessary. I don't know if, if you agree as someone who isn't really on social media like that, but has to be on social media like that at times. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like our modern day version of a witch hunt, right? Um, like, uh, getting everybody to go along with it. And then it's like, you're, you're cast out if you don't make a decision, you know, it's like, whose side are you on? And that's why, like I said before, I just, sometimes I just try and just, I like, I don't even want to read it. You know, I don't like, I don't want to have to choose sides or, um, but, yeah, I don't know how to say this because I do appreciate women having more of a voice and being more protected, you know, like in general. So that I'm really happy about. But the cancel culture thing, I mean, it's really – and, again, is it more important? I, I don't really know. I'm just – in my personal opinion, yeah, it, it sucks because I personally – am less inclined to like make a joke or, or just put my random thoughts out there. Uh, cause I'm afraid, like, I'm afraid if I say the wrong thing that I'm going to be fucking, you know, people are going to jump down my throat. Um, and it's happened, you know, I've fucking said some, something stupid and fucking like hundreds of people started commenting on it. And I just felt like such an idiot. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think um, that can happen to me because I have so many good personal relationships in the industry. Like I know people face to face, you know, you can't take that away from me. Um, And they, I have my phone number. Like that's, um, you know, I'm, I feel very secure in my place in the industry. Um, But even that being said, I, I do. Yeah. I feel like it does affect me because I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to express myself, whereas before I would have just put it out there, you know, and, like, not had a second thought about it. Let's talk about the step of it all. Step Brothers, 
stepsisters, <laughs> step cousins, step uncles, step aunties, like the step of it all in the industry. You know, the step genre has taken over. Uh, whenever I discuss this with performers that are like heavily featured in the step genre, I always like to go back to the history of it because I feel like, you know, as someone on the outside looking in who's been interviewing performers for like the past 15 years or so, I feel like all of this started with the MILF genre. It was the mother I'd like to fuck, and then it became from the mother I'd like to fuck, you know, like a friend's mom or something like that. Then it became the stepmom, and then that led to all of the steppage that's been happening in this industry. This is a, a niche that literally started off as a niche and has been now embraced by all of the major studios. I mean, there used to be just certain production companies that would do these productions, but now, like, everybody's doing them. In my opinion, it's it's incest lights, it's incest adjacent. I mean, clearly, no one is related in the scenes, but it's yeah. but it's playing with those taboo topics so and, and yeah. that sort of thing. So I want to get your take on it, because you star in a lot of these like what are your thoughts on it when it when you first started doing them was it a little strange a little weird a little cringe have you gotten used to doing oh, them yeah uh i kind of have gotten used to them i mean in the beginning honestly it really bothered me especially you know like um you know i was creating i was like we were talked about having kids and like raising a family and like what would our, you know, like, and like I, we even talked about, cause at that point in the industry, it like, we all thought it was going to be a passing fad, you know, like, Oh, this is like the next fad, like whatever. Like parodies, um, which have completely yeah. sort, not completely disappeared, but I mean, they aren't like when parodies were there, it was like, Everybody right. was doing a parody. Like, they ran those parodies into the ground. <laughs> yeah, and I thought they were going to do the same thing with the fucking incest thing. And it's just, like, people keep coming back for more. Um, I, it really, I mean, I think people understand that it's just, like, the taboo nature of it. Um, because, obviously, any, like, it's fucking gross, right? Like, like, no, that's not like what anybody would really do. Even being step sibling. I mean, God, the, the, the stepdaughter shit really bothers me. Like I, I don't, I'm worried about that whole transition of like me getting older because like, I don't feel like I want to even like participate in those worlds. Hopefully this fucking will, will be on some new thing. I'm, I hope comedy porn is the next thing. It's like, it's like, no, I don't think fans understand that. It's, like, so cringe for us to, like, participate or, like, perform these roles. It's just, like, it's what they keep clicking on, you know? Um, they they write our scripts based on, like, uh, search engine optimization and, um, that, like, analyzing w what people are clicking on. So... Uh, yeah, we thought it was going to be a passing fad. We we even um, bought a domain name like Sex University, like S-E-X-X -X University, because we wanted to explain to people that, like, you know, people aren't really into this in the industry. Like, it's very important that you do not fuck your family members, you know, like uh, this. Uh, well, it, I mean, there's some history to this, right? Like, uh, I'm a 
a big on history. I, I love it. Uh, Egyptology, right? Uh, King Tut. Um, he, he was like a product of actual incest, like the royal incest shit. And it, it destroys your, you know, they, they would marry them to their half brothers or sisters. And it's like, it's so fucking gross. And, uh, it, it actually physically destroyed their DNA, right? So the reason that King Tut's general uh, took over, which was Ramesses the Great's father, uh, grandfather, uh, Seti the Second, I think he he took over um, because he was like, um, uh, how do you say, disabled. He was like uh, he couldn't hardly walk, and that's why he crashed his chariot and died at 17 years old because uh, he was like disfigured you know he was it uh it's something that's really bad you know so i think there should be i think people should understand that it's you know it's we're just making movies like just like normal movies they make scary movies where people are psycho killers or whatever it's like obviously this isn't real um so people really need to understand that but yeah you know that being said as long as people understand that it's it's it, we're just uh making entertainment you know it's uh i i think it's not that big of a deal i guess <laughs> let's talk about romance and the industry i'm not necessarily trying to pry into your personal life or anything like that i'll be honest i i don't mm-hmm. follow performers on social media enough to know if people are in relationships this or that or the other unless yeah. it's like blatantly obvious so yeah. I, I just want to get sort of like your general take on romance in the industry you've talked a little bit about relationships here and there and that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. as a performer in the game who has been in the industry for almost nine years who's heading into their you know one decade into the industry what's your take on being in a romantic relationship or even dating while being in the adult industry well i've gone back and forth with this um um, you know, my ex having like got me in the industry. Um, so dating within the industry, I thought that was kind of the only way to do it. Like, Oh, uh, you know, normal people won't understand me or some fucking dramatic, uh, <laughs> something super dramatic. But, uh, then I changed my mind on that. Right. I like was on the other side of the fence thinking like, uh, well, all these girls are crazy and I'm just going to get a normal human being and uh, that one that's like okay with what I do. Um, so then that was like my next journey and that was the last girl I was, I was really in love with um, that I quit the industry for and I just, it literally ruined my life for a year and, um, you know, I had to like crawl my way back in the industry. So that was a mistake i feel like um so now i'm back on the other side where i i feel like i i only want to date uh inside the industry um but uh first and foremost i made a vow to myself to just stay single for a year uh because i needed to like do a lot of personal healing and um just figure myself out and like fall in love with myself again you know, before I went back out and uh, started dating again. So, so I'm still in that period of I'm, I'm sworn off 
from dating anybody. Uh, and it's amazing. It's like the best year that I've had in my whole life. Um, you know, I have more time for my kids and my business. Like, I mean, I put a lot of energy into dating and, um, I just don't have time for it, you know? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I think in the future I would like to date another, uh, porn girl. Cause I, I just feel like they're the only people that understand me. And then plus we can make killer content very easily. Um, yeah, I think I might just, uh, like, you know, do the Hugh Hefner approach. Just keep getting like new girlfriends <laughs> and, uh, as soon as it hits like a year, just fucking moving on to the next person. You know, uh, I, I might just be a serial monogamist. I do enjoy only having sex with one person actually. Um, like when you are falling in love, I don't want to fuck other people, but then that becomes a problem for my work. So it's almost like very dangerous for me to fall in love, you know? So anyways, I don't know. That's where I'm at. Let's talk about testing in the industry. I want to talk about testing, okay. especially nowadays. Cause I feel like, you know, because of everything that's kind of going on with STIs and that sort of thing, I feel like testing once again is a question that I need to start asking performers. Uh, I had always like in the very beginning when I first started doing interviews, I would always talk about testing because I feel like for the most part, the casual porn viewer, like they're a little ignorant in regards to the amount of testing performers go through the industry. So in the early years of me interviewing performers, I would always talk about testing because I feel like the more performers talked about it, the more it sort of uh, normalized to the listeners and the fans that performers are tested and this is out of the other. And, And the testing has changed and evolved over the years, you know, from 30 days to you know, uh, 15 days to 10 days to five days, you know, and all that kind of stuff um, with, you know, how fresh your test needs to be. But nowadays, especially with the rise of STIs and with certain strains that are resistant to uh, um, like treatment and that sort of thing. And especially nowadays with, I feel like there are some sort of like, there's some tests that, you know, some performers feel should be mandatory, and, and there, have been, there have been interesting discussions online about uh, what should be part of, like, the regular testing process. I just want to get your overall take on the testing process in the industry and what's currently sort of going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been I've been wrong before. You know, I... Uh, this is a bit of a touchy subject, so I'll, I'll try and proceed cautiously. But, um, yeah, I, as far um, as me personally goes, I'm tested every 14 days. You know, I follow past standards. So whatever they tell me is past regulations. That's what I, that I stay. I, I stay with that. So um, for a while there, they were. Uh, COVID tests were mandatory, um, you know, and I feel like we were all taken for a ride there. Um, just personally, I mean, the, 
the data is out now. You know, it uh, seemed like we were all a little bit manipulated and coerced into testing for extra things. So then that kind of realizing that I had been duped kind of about that, it, it made me um, hesitant to uh, accept any sort of new testing uh, protocols uh, without, you know, doing the research first. So um, when the swabs initially came out, I was a little like, is this actually necessary, you know, because they've said the same thing about COVID. Uh, I'm talking about the oral and anal uh, swabs for chlamydia and gonorrhea, just because it's, it's so unlikely for an infection to happen that way. I mean, because, but it, I have heard of it happening. So I knew, I knew that it could happen. And I was like, okay, so I was on board with the swabs. I was just like, hey, I just want to keep these girls happy. You know, if they want a seven-day test, I'll have I'll do a seven-day test. Like whatever the performer wants, you know, I, I like I, I just want to keep them happy. Like let's have a good day on set. Uh, it's worth sixty bucks or whatever the hell. Um, but yeah, then so then when they came out with Mgen, I was again a little hesitant because I was like. In hindsight, the it seems like the oral tests and the anal test. I mean, maybe the anal test. I don't know. It's just like it all seems like in hindsight they were less necessary than all the hype. You know, like the, like there's this initial hype and then everybody gets all scared. And uh, but it does seem like uh, with MGen that was absolutely necessary. Uh, a lot of, uh, performers got it and it was going around. So it was really good that, you know, we got, we made it mandatory, make sure everybody, um, you know, uh, gets tested for that so that we can keep it out of the industry. I mean, I'm all for making everybody safe. I just, I just felt like once they took away the COVID swabs, they were like trying to figure out how to stick in another $60 swab there, you know, it just seemed very convenient that like, oh, now there's this other swab that we're taking that's the same price so that it, you know, like I'm thinking profit margins and like what the fucking board meeting they're saying, like, uh, like they're just trying to extract money out of the industry, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth with it, but yeah, again, the MGen thing, Hugely necessary. Really glad that we're all uh, being tested for it because it seems like that actually was a problem. Like the the swabs, the oral anal thing. I think that was a little bit of hype. Whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a doctor. Not making any. Uh, I'm not giving any advice for anybody. Uh, but again, that those are just my personal opinions. You know, I I'm a very skeptical person, so I. I'm always a little bit hesitant to believe people when they first come out with something. Again, because of the experience of going through COVID, it just kind of put a bad taste in my mouth for all of this type of stuff, you know. But, yeah. Let's talk about OnlyFans and uh, in particular what OnlyFans is doing recently, you know, over the past maybe year or two to performers like we had that whole situation i think it was about two years ago when OnlyFans 
was saying that they weren't going to no longer allow adult content. And then there was kind of like a little bit of a revolt. It looked like they went back on it. But slowly they have been doing things that have been um, irksome to adult content creators. Things like consistently updating their terms of service so that, you know, maybe a video that was approved a year and a half ago now will get flagged and that sort of thing. Or you have to make sure you do this or that so that, you know, the video doesn't get flagged. So I just want to yeah. get your take as a performer in the industry, um, what you feel OnlyFans is doing to adult content creators, especially because, in my opinion, OnlyFans became relevant because of the adult content. Like, that is, you know, their bread and yeah. butter. That is what made them culturally relevant. You know, even if, if you think about OnlyFans today, you immediately think of adult content, even though they do feature a little bit of everything now. So do you yeah. feel like OnlyFans is biting the hand that sort of helped create them? Or do you think OnlyFans is really yearning and striving to be mainstream so much so that uh, they're at the point where they feel like they can shun those that help build it up for the current hotness, which is mainstream. I think it would be a huge mistake if they did. I mean, I, I think they tried, right? And they, they realized that, that it just wasn't doable because uh, Tumblr did the same thing and it shut them down. Uh, you just can't alienate half your fan base and expect to still survive. Um, it, I mean, it'd be more, more than half. So it, it was the exact same thing with Tumblr and Vine was kind of similar too. You know, they took away the adult part. I know you said you weren't aware of it existing, but the guy who uh, created Vine was trying to make it like a, it was a free speech. Was it the same guy that made Twitter? I don't remember what the, but he was really, uh, free speech oriented. So, um, you know, you, but you take, so he, when he sold it, he wanted it to stay that way. Uh, but they immediately, um, started, um, you know, cracking down on the hashtags that you, wh which hashtags you could, I remember like the game that we would play, right. Cause they would like, you could, before you just type hashtag pussy and they would fucking bring up a bunch of naked girls. And then it was like, he sold it, and they then they started scrubbing it from the adult content, and then it was like you had to write P-U-5-5-Y because you had to, like, change, you know, so it still said Pussy. Oh, that's so funny, you could, yes. You could, like, read it, but then, so then they would, like, they would get hip to the, to the new fucking hashtag where it was, like, adult, so then they would scrub that hashtag, so then we would, like, make a new one, you know, like, um, I don't know, but I just think, porn is so strongly it's like such a strong motivation you know to see visual sexuality uh visual representations of sexuality that it we're they they just can't remove it like that's their whole uh i i think they would crash and burn if they actually follow follow through with that because they would have right i think they would have already done it if they if they thought they could get away with it and still make revenue but that's you know that's what that's what it is like like you said now let's shift away from the serious stuff and let's talk a little bit more about you specifically 
And I want to talk about OnlyFans and you, because I know that you do have one. Are you uh, consistent with updates to OnlyFans? Like, what do you use your OnlyFans for? Yeah, uh, I respond to my fans. I uh, send them videos. You know, things um, uh, during quarantine, I um, was a little better about it. Like, built a new computer, and I uh, learned how to video edit it. Or, uh, learned how to edit my uh, videos on Premiere, that type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I guess, I don't know, um, having a family, uh, going through that whole leaving the industry thing, I kind of uh, fell off from it, and so, um, you know, my revenue tanked from it. But then just recently, um, I you know, I just I had such a backlog of, of content and um, uh I just felt like I owed it to my fans, you know, so I began to take it, uh, you know, uh, just be more serious about it. And, um, yeah, so now I'm consistently making updates and, uh, like, got a lot of uh, videos being edited. Uh, I started <laughs> paying somebody to help me edit, and that's what really did it <laughs> how often do you post updates on your only fans well i try and do uh, a new scene twice a week but uh bare minimum is once a week so i'll have um i'm actually shooting three boy girl scenes this week because uh, i'm in la and i just um there's more people uh, that can shoot out here the content or, I mean, the talent pool is smaller in Vegas. Um, so that's how I end up getting more work. Um, like a third of my agent's bookings are in Vegas and two-thirds of his bookings are in L.A., but there's so, there's so much more talent out here um, that, you know, I end up working more in Vegas. But when it comes to doing content trades, there's less people uh, to shoot with out in Vegas. So I, I do shoot more when I uh, am in L.A. Is there any type of content that you currently aren't featuring on your OnlyFans that you plan on adding in the future? Uh, well, um, I am working on, um, like, this project. Um, like I had mentioned before, wanting to do, like, a, like the educational um, type of thing. And this isn't quite what we were going through uh, n not like a sex education thing, but more um, of an e educational, um, I, I don't know how much I can say about this, because uh, it's kind of like still in the works, so, um, you know, I don't want to put anything out there, and, uh, um, but yeah, so just stay tuned, um, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> No, I feel you on that. I, I, I respect it. Just something yeah. is, uh, you're cooking something up that should be really interesting for the fans. Yes, exactly. And I think the number one question I always get, so I just decided to, uh, to yeah, develop a, like a product, like an educational product for uh, my fans. So that should be um, launching here in a, a couple months, probably by the end of the year. Very nice. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so uh, 
You've been in the game for almost a decade. Let's talk about sort of future plans for yourself in the industry, because I know that you are trying to do more work behind the camera. You're trying to gain more experience behind the camera. So I just want to get your uh, take on like the next step in Ryan King's evolution in the industry. Uh, what's next for you? Producing, yeah, directing? Uh, all of that, yeah. Um, I just, I love being on set, you know, and I like making content, and I'm good at it. Uh, so as a performer, you know, I, especially when I was younger, I could shoot six days a week, but like the older, and I would shoot doubles. Uh, I've shot three Naughty America scenes, like full Naughty America scenes in one day. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole uh, lot of cum. Yeah, that's fucking 90 minutes of sex. I mean, but like the older I get, the more I'm just like, it's, it's really taxing on your body. I mean, we're like professional athletes, you know? Um, and yeah, so it, if I can just get behind the camera, which I started back in 2018, right? I bought a really nice camera and lenses, um, mics, the whole deal. I mean, I have all the gear, um, uh, for a, a production. Um, it just, you know, it's a lot to learn. Um, but now it's been, it's been long enough. I have enough experience, uh, behind the camera over the years during these content trades, I would always use my camera. A lot of it isn't even just the, I mean, cinematography comes kind of natural to me. Like I'm even the same as an actor, right? Like if I'm in motion, I think just being a musician, I, I don't know. Um, like I, I feel comfortable, you know, but I, I've always been like kind of a subpar model. I like, I don't know, in my own, you know, I'm always, my own harshest critic but like when i because there's like a rhythm to it um where where you're like you have to be still you know and it just feels so awkward i mean i'm a lot better at it now but but i'm just saying i, I struggled with that even in front of the camera so behind the camera uh video is easy for me but photography it takes a lot more skill to to be a good photographer so um yeah learning that uh, it's mainly lighting, you know, and, uh, so I've, um, mainly learning from other producers, you know, uh, the way Bisco lights his sets or, uh, um, you know, the porn pros producers or, um, like the team ski producers. I, I watch how they, they do their lighting. Uh, and some of them are really fucking, you know, they're, they're fucking pros. And they make it look easy, but over the years, I've gotten good at doing it myself. You know, where to put the lights, how not to catch your extension cords in your shot. And, like, it seems like little stuff, but it makes a big fucking difference when it comes to the final product, you know. So, yeah, just learning all that and um, uh, being more responsible, you know, because a lot of being a producer is just being financially responsible. Uh, you have to operate a business that it has money in the bank where uh so people can cash their checks you know you need to uh be fiscally responsible that's a that's a big part of it so yeah just growing up man and rising up through the hierarchy and uh feels good so good to be in charge <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. Ryan King 2.0. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Yes. And another thing that's really interesting about you is you are interested in moving on over to the mainstream side of the entertainment industry, which I think is incredibly fascinating. Like, you know, there have been performers that have been able to cross over. I mean, you mentioned one earlier, Chloe Cherry. There have been others in the past as well, you know, that have been in, you know, independent movies or they've had small roles on TV shows and that sort of thing. So that's an incredibly fascinating step for you um yeah so where did this idea come from uh just recently uh honestly facebook you know they, they like got in my head i was scrolling through facebook and i had a sponsored ad of course they know i'm a producer right i get ads for lenses and photography equipment and stuff um but it said submit your headshots for this acting uh role i mean i, I was interested in the uh in in the amount because I've always uh, been hesitant to do this sort of thing because you know that to be a background extra it just doesn't pay enough um, and I want lines you know I feel like I'm I, I'm good enough for it maybe maybe that's my ego but uh, but yeah I feel like uh, I just want to like give it a shot just in my own spiritual development uh, and the the uh, amount was like said like four thousand dollars a week or something so i was like hey uh you know if i'm not taking a pay cut might as well fucking go shoot some mainstream stuff like hey if i can get paid like similar amounts and not have to you know work my ass off uh (laughs) fucking for an hour and a half on set like uh yeah I'll, i'll do that it sounds like fun i just want to develop my talent you know and why not do it on a paid set it's like Taking acting classes so it seems so silly to me. I've I've been taking paid acting classes for eight years. You know, like I'm I'm pretty good at it now. Very nice, man. Much success to you in that. There have been some performers that have had really good success on the mainstream side of the entertainment industry. So, props to yeah. you, and uh, I wish you much success on that venture. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Ryan King. Um, I don't know. Um, I play guitar. Um, I like to sing. I like to play the blues. Um, uh, yeah, I'm like, also, I enjoy being a normal person, you know? Uh, like, I kind of like the fact that I'm, I get a lot of attention online, but I'm still kind of, like, able to lay low in public, like, go places with my daughters. I have been recognized a few times, um, but for the most part, people leave me alone, you know, because I think the nature of things, like, if I'm out with my kids, it would obviously be more weird for a fan to come up, like, approach me, you know, just because I'm, like, with my kids, um, but, yeah, I, I really, I like being a normal person and just being, like, a dad and taking my kids fishing or, um, like, hiking, you know? <laughs> like, 
I bought my daughter a drum so she could go to a drum circle with me. Uh, my other daughter has a guitar, and uh, I we we like have family jam sessions. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's important to separate work and and uh, your personal life. You know, just like be a normal human being. You know, most of the people that stick around in the industry are they got kids to feed. That's why they're they work hard. You know, it makes you it makes you a hard worker. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Hmm. I'd have to think about that. Uh I think I'm nerdy and fun. Maybe slightly on the neurotic side. Uh but that makes me a good actor. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, like, embrace my inner child, you know. So it allows me um, to, like, connect with people on, like, a really sensitive spiritual level. And I think that's what's made me such a good performer. Sorry, that was more than ten words. But <laughs> no, you're good. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Favorite television shows? Uh, I mean, I love um, anything Game of Thrones. Um and Star Wars. Um, TV shows. You know, I'm actually not really that big of a fan of TV. I hate reality TV just because I'm on set so much that it baffles me how people can enjoy watching reality TV. Like, it's so clearly fake, <laughs> you know? Um, but, um, let's see. Where are my favorite TV shows growing up? I don't know, when I was a kid, you know, I liked, like, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, loved Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, like, anything comedy is, it, I always like. Uh, you know, I liked Two and a Half Men. That was a good one. Charlie Sheen. Shout out Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh, this is good. Well, Tool, uh, definitely. Maynard is kind of an asshole, but he's very creative, interesting human being. Love that guy. And um, I don't know, when I was growing up, you know, I liked Metallica, Nirvana, like the fucking classic rock and roll. My parents called me the rock and roll baby because I would cry if they put on any other music besides rock and roll. Uh, the Doors. You know, uh, love The Doors. And then, like, more modern stuff, I don't know. Um, Dead Poets Society, Highly Suspect, that type of stuff. Uh, I also like electronic music, too. I mean, I really did the festival circuit. I uh, went to Burning Man a couple times. So, and 10A was my favorite uh, DJ. 
What are three of your most favorite films? Hmm. Like, um, I really like dramas. Um, Goodwill Hunting. Like, a river runs through it. That type of stuff. Um, but comedies also. Um, uh, what was that one? Um, Oh, I'm like blinking right now. Uh, um, I don't know what I can't think of the name. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, yeah, same nerdy stuff. You know, Harry Potter, fucking Star Wars, all that stuff. What are two foods you can't live without? Pizza and sushi. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Guilty pleasures, probably Facebook. Um, like, if I have to, like, pick someone up and I'm, like, waiting for five minutes and I have nothing to do, I'll, like, watch a Facebook video about, I don't know, the war in Ukraine or something and just, like, veg out. Like, I don't even know if I'm watching it. I'm just, like, existing, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably it. What are you currently binge-watching? Are you currently binge-watching anything on the various streaming platforms? Um, I watch boring shit. Like, my daughter will, like, come up to me and be like, Dad, why do you watch such boring documentaries about the History Channel? <laughs> like, I'm like, this is what I enjoy. Leave me alone. Um, but, yeah, growing up, like, even as a teenager... Um, when other kids were, like, outside playing, I was inside watching the History Channel. You know, I mean, I played outside a lot. I wasn't, like, that kid. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with, like, what happened and what the narrative is and how it's changed over the years and different perspectives on it, I guess. What's next for Ryan King? What's coming out soon? What are you working on that the listeners and your fans should be expecting from you in the near future? Um, that course I'm developing, and um, you know, I'm also writing. I uh, want to share a lot of these uh, stories either in a book format or like podcast type thing. I don't really, you know, something. Uh, there's definitely a lot in the works. Uh, I have a, a, you know, an agent and a manager now, and we're we're uh, we're putting some stuff together. My my OnlyFans is going to be blowing up, that's for sure. Uh, I'm filming the first uh, episode of uh, what we're launching this week, so so stay tuned. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, all of your important links? Uh, at Ryan King XXX, that's R-I-O-N-K-I-N-G-X-X-X on Twitter, and uh, that is also my Snapchat. But I have a bunch of uh, people that try and catfish me. They'll, like, like send a picture of a hot girl, and I'm like, dude, why are you catfishing me? Like, <laughs> Anyways, um, and my Instagram is the Ryan King X. Um, what else is the Ryan King X? My Reddit is the Ryan King X. 
Uh, and then my OnlyFans is Ryan King XXX, just like Twitter. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you'd like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I uh, just really appreciate um, all the support I've received over the years, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, keep this going. Don't worry, I'll never quit ever, 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 ever again. Uh, I love being in this industry, and I um, want to continue to be a part of it. Stay tuned. Well, Ryan, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yes, I'm glad you had a good time. The door is open for more whenever you want to come back to update the listeners on what you've been up to and what you've got cooking up. You're more than welcome to come back. You have an open invitation. Awesome. Sounds good. Very nice. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our answer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One-on-One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One-on-One with Papi Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash afterdark. Follow Papi Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one-on-one. That's at poppychulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you. Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Ryan King and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thank you. Thanks for listening to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.